Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I'm joined with Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. And Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. Alright guys, we don't have too much news this week. We're going to go a little bit into our hyperspace breakdowns and talk a little bit about what has happened. But first we're going to go over some of the events that are coming up. Um, so we want you guys to definitely take note and stay tuned to that. It's really important that everyone kind of like sees the meta that is popping up all over the world and, and kind of really take a hard look at what you might be going up against against with different tournaments. So this week coming up, we have the UK system open and the Texas system open uh, happening on Saturday. Um, we also have the East Coast Gamers Store Championship happening happening on March 7th. The Campaign Against Cancer, uh, which we will get into a little bit later on the episodes uh, on May 2nd at East Coast Gamers. We definitely, that is one of the best events that Mike ever puts on, so definitely check that out. Uh, and then we have Baby Talon Bait in the background, and we have the East Coast gamers team tournament happening saturday it sounds like a great event uh and then we have the showcase tournament happening this saturday at showcase it's going to be our second lo rankings tournament and then it's going to be in full swing so right off the bat we're going to talk a little bit about the lo rankings because i know a lot of people have been asking me about it and they're interested in what it is and like what we kind of came up with so right now it's gonna be just kind of pen and paper we have like a formula and a calculator that we are using and we're basically giving a ranking system where every person that you play throughout the entire day through every tournament in the philadelphia area is going to be like have a ranking to it so now like if you're kind of familiar with ranking systems what it's going to do is let's say like Everyone will start off with a 2000 grade ranking. So if you've never played a game in this uh, system or anything like that, your very first thing is you're going to be set at 2000 points. Now, if you play someone else for the first time uh, with 2000 points, um, so like let's say me and Brett are playing each other for the first time and we have not played a game this series yet, we would be playing each other at an equal skill level until one of us either wins or loses. And then I believe, like, it, uh, I th- want to say that the most points that you can go up in a match is 32 points, and the most you can decrease in a points is uh, 32. So if we're playing each other at equal skill levels, it's going to be about, like, a 16-point difference that I would go up 16 points if I win and down 16 points if I lose. Um, now, this entire system is basically going to run for a... Uh, Basically, every points change that we have, we're going to reset this counter. So, and I wanted to like take an opportunity to kind of try to like have fun with this. Like, I mean, like if you are not interested in this and like, you know, don't be afraid not to come to the tournament. We're going to have an option that if you want to opt out of the system that, you know, we're not going to post your scores or anything like that. Like, we're not going <laughs> to purposely embarrass you or anything like that. But I think at the same time, it's going to be fun because I know a lot of times people will be like, oh, well, he only got the win because he got a pair down uh, uh, Brett. Or he matched up dodge or something like that. Or he got like a high ranking player just played low ranking players the entire tournament. And that's going to be a, a possibility too, because the ranking system is definitely going to have something along the lines of like, let's say a high level player is playing, um, someone that is a little bit lower ranking in the, the score system. 
if the low-ranking player loses, they're not going to go down as much, and the high-ranking player isn't going to go up as much. So it's really going to like kind of even out throughout the entire thing. But on the vice versa, let's say the player who might have you know had a bad tournament day went down in the rankings and everything like that comes to a new tournament, and now he's really low in the rankings. Is like okay, I, I want to get back into this thing, and then he's got nothing to lose at this point. Like the higher ranking players he's going to do or go up against in that tournament day, the more points he's going to get each match that he goes until he kind of levels out. Um, so this is obviously in our alpha testing. We, you know, we've definitely sparked some interest. People have caught on to it and they're really interested in it. Um, so this is the first season. We're calling it the baby Yoda season and I really want you guys to come out and try it. And like I said, if you know this isn't your thing and you don't want us to like you know rank you or anything, just let us know at the tournament, and we'll definitely make sure that none of your scores are posted or published or anything like that. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. I know Brett's excited for it because um, our, our first tournament that we kind of quietly ranked, he got placed third, even though in the tournament rankings he got you know placed second. But he got the pair down on one time, so he didn't get as much, you know, ranking points as he believes he should have. I'm pretty devastated by it. So I, I definitely think it's a, it's a fun little system. We are going to have prize support for this, probably for the top five players of the ranking season each time. We're going to try to make them really nice, like maybe like uh, template trays, even maybe templates, stuff like that, like stuff that you can definitely show off. So, and like, and the best part about this is it's all free. We're all doing this, you know, just out of Patreon uh, support and just us, you know, trying to bring the community back to what it used to be. So I, I definitely think it's going to be a fun system. Uh, it, it encourages you to come out. And like I said, you're never really out of it because even though, you could be like have a like I said, you could have a bad tournament day, but that one time that you have that good tournament day, you you might just shoot up in the rankings by getting a good streak. So uh, it's going to basically go until I believe they said the next one's June. So the entire um, store championship season, it's definitely going to go through. That you would think that you want to hit as many store championships as you possibly can. Um, in the area to try to like boost these rankings. And like I said, we're, we're, you know, we're going to have some crazy seller prizes that we'll announce a little bit later down the road. And, and again, this is all in alpha. So, I mean, if we accidentally break the system or mess up, please forgive us. Um, any questions on that guys or any comments that I might've missed? Well, I think the most exciting part is it means that all of our tournaments now are going to be using tabletop TO. So that way you can easily get the data. So we don't have to deal with any other, you know, BCP type systems. <laughs> it, absolutely. Well, you know, we, we've kind of talked to a lot of the TOs about um, this. They don't have to do anything for this. Uh, like literally, we are doing this all by hand ourselves. That and you know, we're all just drawing all the data off of tabletop TO. So it, it, definitely a benefit there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm super excited about it. It's going to add like a whole new aspect to the game. And it's kind of like, like I said, I mean, it's going to kind of like prove to see who the, maybe some of the top pilots in the area are. And, and I'm excited to see that. So is there any thought to like maybe trying to create a, a handicap system based on the, the rankings? Like, you know, 
depending on what the, the point spread is between players. Uh, maybe they start out with less points in their list to try and even up the matchup or, or you know, the, the lower ranked player could get more points for, you know, this is just for, for casual type games. But have you given any thought to trying to use it for something like that? Not necessarily. Um, I think that that's an interesting aspect because it's like, maybe that's something that we could do in like a, uh, in like a championship setting, like where like the top player might be like, has to like make a list with 175 and the bottom list, like the person who's the median or the mean or whatever it is, uh, the middle, <laughs> um, has to, like is that 200 and then the person that might be at the bottom can make like a list with 225 points and see what happens there um we might be able to like we've definitely talked about doing tournament like a championship at the end of the cycle to see what happens but that could be something that we take a look at down the road i just know it works for golf so sure (laughs) um yeah like i said definitely uh, i mean give it a shot I think that it's going to be fine. I think that we're going to have a blast with this. And if it doesn't work, we'll scrap it. But like I said, I have a feeling that this is going to catch on and it's going to be a blast. All right. So we had the Sith Takers open happen this weekend. Uh, Brett, do you want to jump into like the faction breakdown and what happened? Uh, sure. So Scum was far and away on top here. Um, there were 95... 95- uh, players it looks like and 26 of them brought scum and it looks like most of that was some combination of boba and fen or you know at least one of those ships uh you know like most people predicted they're really just sort of uh you know leading the the meta right now because they are uh you know extremely strong extremely high initiative and pretty efficient for their points you can run them with a a massive bid. In fact, you can run Boba and Fen with either a massive bid or even take a jump master. And that was the final table. Uh, Boba Fen versus Boba Fen and is it Namlum or the 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 new jump master? Yeah, it was um, Namlum, and I believe he only had a cannon on him. He didn't have any other, uh, like he didn't have Dangar Gunner on him. It was just uh, Namlum and a cannon. Right, an ion cannon, and uh, Boba had Slave One there in that list, and the uh, the matchup was you know a, a normal Fenral with Fearless, uh, Boba with Fearless, Maul, uh, Seismic Charges, Contraband Cybernetics, Hull Upgrade, and Slave One, um, and that was Tom Reed who won, and Julian Hood who was uh, Jonathan's pick to win Worlds uh, came in second. And one thing I, I want to say, just looking over this list fortress, which was such a stacked field. Um, you know, as the UK events often are, is and this kind of ties in with the the ELO rankings that we were just talking about. I mean, it's very clear that X Wing is is such a skill based game, right? I, I don't I don't think there's really been much you know debate about that, but it's great to see all of these top players who just continuously put up some some great performances, right? Like you know, Ollie, the world champion, he he went six and zero in Swiss. Uh, made it to the top cut, obviously. Um, Julian Hood, like I said, who Jonathan picked to win Worlds, um, you know, ends up second. Um, Tom Reed won the whole thing. It's it's really impressive to see, you know, this type of consistency. Um, and, you know, even more so with these, you know, ridiculously strong uh, fields that are here. Now, this is an extended event, right? 
Correct, yeah. So, so it, this was extended, even though most of the lists, I, I guess I was just mentioning, are hyperspace as well. Right, and, and it's kind of interesting to see that, because like I really didn't expect this with Scum. I think this is like the second week in a row that we've kind of seen Scum just absolutely shoot up with like crazy numbers. And I'm really interested, is that really... Did that put Scum in a top spot, or like are people just like excited that they can fly scum again and i'm i'm not sure about that like i think boba fan is definitely good but i think there's also a better list out there um and, and i'm a little shocked that that did make the top uh yeah because it, it barely changed at all right i right. mean there, there were a couple of of changes you know to, to upgrades and whatnot but i mean boba fan is a, a very well-known list that did extremely well at worlds um i mean so i i don't know right why is it you know, this list that everyone knew so well is is now just all over the place. Um, and I wonder if part of that is because it also is hyperspace legal. Um, I, I know one of the, the big draws to me for Flying Republic was that I never had to, to worry about being prepared for two lists. Um, I could always just have the same list for both extended and hyperspace. And I wonder if now people are sort of thinking, okay, good, I can get all my reps in and, and it works for both formats. Um, Ollie's list was a pretty cool one. It was Fenrao without maneuver and three zealous recruits. Um, and you see that at first, right? And you're like, where, where's Fearless? What's going on? Um, I know you guys both have had a lot of experience with Four Fangs. What do you think about the outmaneuver call? Jonathan, what do you think? Um, you know, I think personally, I, I think personally I would go for Fearless just because I wouldn't trust myself to be able to proc out maneuver as well as Oliver Pucknell does. Obviously, he had great success with Four Fangs back uh, at the beginning of last year, where he won, I believe, like two Prime Championships playing that list, and now it's only gotten better. Uh, I did see his game against uh, Darren Granger at the end of Swiss, where Darren was running four jump masters, Darren also making it to uh, the cut, the final cut, uh, and it was just impressive watching the four little Fang fighters take apart those jump masters. And uh, it was a good game to see. And all those games are actually available on the you can watch on the Sith Takers uh, Twitch channel. So I did this math a little bit ago. I kind of want to check it again. Um, so a five dice attack against a three agility ship with a focus um dead air okay so five agility with no focus <laughs> is about nine point nine total hits um which is pretty small so if you bring that down to two agility with that focus you kind of shoot it up a lot so it's almost like you're getting um when you add the focus in with fen it definitely shoots up a lot too so you're really maximizing the effort and if fen needs to keep that focus for maybe other shots it's almost like he is getting a focus token himself by taking away that one green die and i know that sounds a little silly but again yeah, and I, it occurred to me, like, uh, outmaneuver, you can proc it at further ranges, you know, so Fen could be flanking and at range three, and if the opposing ships are facing the other Fang fighters, 
uh, you can still proc out maneuver, whereas you have to be right in their face to get fearless off. So it takes more risk, I guess, to get fearless to get in up close. Uh, and it also might change your play style a little, right? Like he he won those two or three hyperspace trials with no out, or no fearless because he he couldn't fit any upgrades at all. So he's probably used to playing the you know the arc dodgy game with Fen instead of the you know I'm just gonna fly into your face and and hit you for five dice because I have fearless and a focus. Uh, type game so maybe this is just like hey I, I got this complete bonus card here now that if it works awesome and if not I, I'm already amazing with this list I mean I think Ollie is famous for being a very careful patient sort of KG player sort of like um, I guess in America like Andrew Bunn is and in the United States like a very patient patient player yeah as we all saw from his world's final table right and one of the things that I um Look at this list with is especially with having experience with Fen and the three uh, Zelts is when you have Fen. I, I mean, like a lot of times people say, "Oh, you just throw Fen in there and, and you know you throw them all in there," and like that's not always the case. Like you have a lot of options with these things. I know. I know. With some of my um, matches, I would kind of hold Fen back. Um, and I would throw two of them in there and leave one of them back at range three. And, and it kind of prevents like a lot of different like outs for the opponent. But I, I think at the same time, like you can hold Fen back and have this threat of the three zealots like do going into your face that you have to kind of deal with these things first. And because they don't die, it, you know, they're, you can't just sweep them up. Um, and then move on to Fen, like where, so Fen with, I'm definitely going to say this with proper obstacles set up, can kind of hold back and, you know, give the option, like if they're going to go after Fen, Fen's going to be in the prime position to take advantage of what he needs to, or you're going to have these three zealots, uh, you know, coming down your neck. So I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I, I'm going to have to go back and see how Ollie handled the situation. But I also think at the same time, like, it's a, it's a pretty cool call because, I mean, without maneuver, if you're trying to proc it, then, you know, Fen has a safety net of not getting shot. Um, so, I mean, this might be the right call. I, I know people will scream fearless, but, uh, it's interesting to see this alter um you know build to 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 go about and see how it might work i'm excited to put this on the table we'll say that maybe i'll put this on the table on a saturday it it definitely seems really cool um so the next one i want to talk about is resistance um and three of those lists made cut um two of them look like they're basically identical and they're not the lists i would have ever put money on um, they are ZZ, the new uh, A-Wing, who's just absolutely, you know, fantastic. Um, Lieutenant Bastion with M9G8, and then Venny. And this is a really decked out Venny. Venny with Trajectory Simulator, Pattern Analyzer, Perceptive Co-Pilot, Page Tycho, Veteran Turret Gunner, Proton Bombs, Seismic Charges. Um, so, I mean, it's it's basically as, as big of a Venny as you could try to get. Um, and... You know, Venny never really caught on here in the U.S., but uh, had had some su- success in the the U.K. before. And I mean, the, there's no doubt that Star Fortresses, Trajectory Simulator, they they both came down significantly. So, do we think that this is 
you know, actually a legit list now for, you know, anyone to try out? Or is this just a, you know, an example of, you know, the UK is great at, at a lot of things. And this is one thing that, that they're much better than us at. I think um, it takes a lot of practice to be good with Venny. And it takes a certain player who enjoys playing Venny to be good at it. So you're looking at Richard Polly's list. And and yeah. Sean Milligan. Uh, yeah, they, so, they were right next to 14 and 15. In so Richard, I mean, they're both on, like Richard is on the Sith Takers sometimes. They have a really big cast of rotating hosts. And I know that he's been playing Venny a long time. I was very looking forward to getting him back on the table. So I think he, I don't, I don't think it's a list that any, you, I think it's something you'd have to enjoy playing and to put a lot of time into it. I don't think it's something that just anyone can pick up. Uh, and then I can think of some players that we've met locally in, um, not in our, during the prime championship season who played Venny. I was thinking uh, of Jade McGovern. Yes, and exactly. Her, yeah. her father, um, Jim McGovern, yeah. who, who both so, really love Venny. Yeah, and then she I played her at uh, top deck, I think, and she was a great opponent and really knew what she was doing. But I think it takes um, like practice. I don't think uh, like myself or Andrew or you, like we just pick it up today and be in place well with it like this weekend. Yeah, she she destroyed me at top deck for the the group championship. I I it hurt. I did. I uh, I ionized Venny off the board with broadside. So you vindicated me. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the other resistance list there is uh, like the new resistance five list, I guess. Um, it's Nian Num, um, LOSD, Tally, and ZZ again. Um, and that, I mean, that seems like a, a pretty fun list. Um, it loses out on the, uh, you know, higher damage that you get from Lulo, but it has ZZ who just always has a token. Um, so that, you know, to the extent that that's your style list, that seems uh, like it might be worthwhile. Um, for there's, there's like, a, you know, one triple Jedi that you would kind of expect. Um, no regen on them, but, uh, you know, a bunch of 7Bs. Um, Why do you and, think uh, we're not seeing as many Jedi come about? Like, I mean, did they get hurt that much with the R2? Like increase like what happened like i feel like we saw them a lot and now we're not seeing them at all i mean r2 definitely went up significantly um and that really does hurt the the play style of i'm just going to you know try and and hit you for a little and uh get half points and and make sure i stay alive and and you don't get to touch me um so you have to fly them very differently now i think this is really a time for clt jedi to to shine um which are just an extremely fun ship um, if you haven't tried it out yet. So I think people are just sort of trying to, to figure their way out now that we lost the safety net of a bunch of 7Bs, a bunch of regens, and still a, a massive bid. Uh, Empire was the second biggest faction. They had 18 people, um, and they have some some you know kind of cool lists in here. We have a Sloan Swarm um, with uh, some Interceptors, um, which is pretty cool. Um, Merrick Steel shows up um and actually shows up twice in the cut which is awesome for anyone who liked the original tie fighter game like i did it's it's great to see him on the board and i wonder you know how much that points decrease uh is helping out um but uh you know nothing else really stood out to me from the cut at least i don't know if you guys saw it any differently um 
I see like the, do you see the four in number 11, the four cartel spacers with the two zealous recruits? Seems interesting as a with two, two cartel spacers with tractor beam, two with ion cannon. So a lot of control elements there. Yeah, that does sound kind of kind of vicious to play against. I agree. Um, and I like the the two zealous recruits. It's it's kind of on you know the same vein as the Blair Bunky list that we talked about from LVO. Um, just you know another zealous recruit instead of some of the the other uh, you know like the Z ninety five and the uh, ship that blows itself up after three turns. Yeah, the um, autopilot drone, and then. Right. Um... And then um, Darren Granger bringing four jump masters, and then just missing cut Jack Mooney, uh, who won the UK system open last year, came in twenty second with also with four jump masters. I know, isn't he only allowed to to fly Han and Jake? <laughs> I'm I'm a little confused, but yeah, um, like I said, I mean there are so many big names here that you know when you can have the UK system open champion who just didn't even make the cut. That's impressive. But I think uh, I think that's really all, everything of note here. Um, so do we want to move on to the Rebel uh, hyperspace breakdown? Yeah, I think um, just like last week we did, we've already done Scum and Republic. Uh, we're gonna this week we're gonna touch on Rebels in hyperspace. So um, so looking at what's legal for Rebels in hyperspace, we have the A-Wing and all its pilots, the B-Wing, all its pilots, the Y-Wing. Uh, we have the X-Wing, but none of the partisan X-Wings, so no, not, nothing that came in Saw's Renegades, and um, no Wedge, no Bigs. And then we have the YT-1300, but not the generic Outer Rim Smuggler. So I think, when I think of Rebel lists, I sort of think of, all right, um, Although we've been talking a lot, or people have been talking a lot about 5X. So I think five ships is sort of the most you could realistically put into a Rebel list. I think that the 5X wings is okay. Uh, it can win any match just based on having red dice. And if variance goes your way, you can win. But I don't really know if it has any great matchups. Now we need to pause and talk about this for a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> okay. So I. Uh, I I know this has been creating some buzz and and I know the game is different and we don't have flight assist astromech anymore but haven't we been in this timeline before I mean we we saw 5x pop up granted in the end of first edition so it was a completely different game there but and it was the number one list at that point yeah, in first edition. I, I mean, do we think this is a Darwin test or do we think this is the real thing? I mean, I think it can win. I mean, I think it can do fine, but I see it more like a B or I don't see it as S tier. I mean, I can think of, I mean, if it lines up against eight tie FOs, I feel like it's not entirely obvious who's going to win that like joust, like head simming it. Or um, if it lines up against four fangs, or five tie SFs, or four Republic arcs, like even in just like the beef off, it's not. There's a lot of factions bring just as much, right? And, and like I think I know, like I said, a lot of people have been kind of calling this like a boogeyman in a certain aspect. But like when I'm sitting here list building, I'm just kind of like 
this can beat 5x pretty handily. And I, I mean, yeah, you can be like, okay, well, so-and-so can beat you with this. Well, like, yeah, so-and-so could probably beat me with like, you know, 12 autopilot drones um, coming at me. But I, I think like this is, don't get me wrong. It hits very hard. They have the boost icon now. Um, it, it, I think that's what, you, you know, if the dice swing your way, but I, I think also at the same time, like there's a lot of lists in hyperspace that I think can handle this quite easily. Yeah. Um, you know, Jedi definitely can take a, like pick apart this list. Um, four fangs, I think is an easy, I mean, I shouldn't say easy win, but I, I think they can handle this well, uh, pretty well. Any kind of Kylo list is going to dismantle this. Um, yeah, I would agree that it's not a top tier list. I thought you were arguing that it was good. No, 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 no. I mean, like I said, I, I know some people have said like they are like uh, very worried about it, and I, I'm don't get me wrong. Like I, I guarantee you, this is going to win a store championships. It's going to win probably a couple store championships nationwide. But I mean, if primes were still hyperspace, I don't know if this would be winning any primes unless it was like a small prime. Yeah, so what I mean to say, so I think 5Xs can win plenty of games because it's just based on bodies and red dice, but I don't think it has great matchups. You know, I don't, um, so I think, but I was just using it as an example as like the prototypical uh, five ship rebel list. I think actually though, so if you're bringing, uh, so realistically, five is the most rebel ships you can bring. I don't see anyone spamming uh, rebel A wings or naked rebel Y wings to bring six ships. Um, in a five ship list, I think you would actually maybe be better off subbing out some of the X wings to get a couple of extra um, tools because I think the X wing, while it is a good, a decent chassis, it if you only have X-Wings, you're missing tools that you may need to deal with aces or with other opposing ships. I think the Y-Wing, so the Rebels and I think Republic are the only factions that can bring turrets. Um, so I think if you sub out one of those X-Wings, put in a Gray Squadron bomber, uh, put an Ion Cannon turret in like a Proton Bomb or a Seismic, and you can fit that right into that space. And it gives you a, maybe a tool to like, you know, keep guard your flank, keep aces a little honest. You know, if you bring a seismic, it like can can protect your rear if someone is trying to flank you with low health ships. Um, one of the issues with bringing X's and Y's and mixing them is they fly really differently. The X wings are so much faster; they leave Y wings like lagging behind. So I could see. Um, one idea I had was if you bring, if you sub out an X-Wing for a Y-Wing you um, with an Ion Cannon turret and a Seismic, that's 38 points. And then you could take out two of the other X-Wings and replace them with B-Wings. So you'd have two X-Wings, two B-Wings, and one Y-Wing. You put the X-Wings on the flank, and then you put the B-Wings and the Y-Wing in the middle. And it gives you, because the B-Wing and Y-Wing fly really well together, they can weave through rocks uh, and then you can have the X-Wings move fast along the side. And I think it gives you more tools if you're facing like a more maneuverable list or aces. Um, and at the very least, the Y-Wing will attract it uh, with an ion cannon turret will attract uh, aggro from your opponent. Um, 
But I think really you're going to see more like four ship name rebel lists. And um, I have to thank Chris for coming up with all these show notes for us. But I think you're going to see a lot of the B-Wings, like Tednum and Braylon. You'll see Luke and Jake. And I think those are going to be the pilots you might see the most. And they all fit in one list. Um, and nice thing there is like Luke, Tendum with Foils, and Braylon all have the ability to sort of um, double mod themselves without relying on other people for synergy. Um, to a lesser extent, I think you may see um, Gina, uh, Moonsong, um, maybe Arvel. Um, speaking, uh, so the A-Wing, the named A-Wings are nice that you slide them into a four-ship list and it gives you room to beef up one of your other ships. So whereas I feel like Republic fits neatly in 50-point blocks, in Rebels, if you take Jake or Arvel and put it in instead of a 50-point block, it lets you sort of beef up one of your other ships and put in like Luke or maybe even squeeze an upgrade on Luke. Um, I know we had talked about how FFG was pricing out force multipliers or how force multipliers are much more expensive than they had been. But one uh, sort of force multiplier that's still in is um, intimidation. So intimidation, if you can, it's a little harder to pull off. But when you do, it really does give you a force multiplier effect by uh, improving the offense of all your ships. And uh, in Arval, the rebels have sort of the best, uh, I guess, um, other than that decimator, um, Oiken. Oiken and uh, Arval are the best carriers for intimidate. So I think Arval could fit into a rebel squad and be a force multiplier for like 10 num or Braylon shots behind it. Um, I don't really think you're going to see other named X-Wings um, other than Luke. Um, you know, maybe Thane, if someone's trying to do an I five all I-5 list. The Y-Wings, um, not sure if you'll really see many of the Y-Wings, although you could squeeze a, like, Dutch if you want to add some action economy or put an ion cannon turret. Um, I was thinking this is sort of a dark horse pick. So I've never actually seen anyone play the Y-Wing Evan Verlaine. Um, she's 35 points. And if she, when she spends a focus, she gives another friend, another friendly ship at range zero to one gets to roll one extra defense die. And I could see her being useful if you pair her with the B-Wings. And if you decide to load the B-Wings up on, um, with their S-foils and cannons to double tap. Because if you have a double tapping Braylon, he's going to be the natural sort of first shot, like first person that your opponent will want to take off the board. But if you have a Van Verlaine and you can give Braylon an extra defense die and he's stressed, being able to reroll two defense dice is much better than uh, being able to reroll one and it makes him measurably tankier. Um, That's just a thought I had. Yeah, two dice on Braylon sounds sick. Yeah, so it's like if, and it would be especially good if you could put selfless somewhere else in the list. So if you had um, like Gina, so I think Gina Moonsong is a great B wing, and I think she's a good place to put selfless because I don't think you're loading cannons onto her, uh, but she has a good ability to put stress onto the other B wings to give them some support. And then she's usually not the one they're going to shoot first. So if you put selfless. She can draw off uh, crits, 
and if I don't know if you could actually fit her with Braylon, Tenum, both with cannons and then with Evan Verlaine, because then it presents no great first target. For the B-Wings, like the Blade Squadron B-Wing, generic is a good place to put Selfless. Um, If you want a cheaper option, then um, what's her name? Then um, Gina. But then another place is actually the Gold Squadron Y-Wing, which is much, much, much cheaper. You could actually put, it's not as good of a Selfless carrier, but it is so much cheaper uh, if you want to do sort of that damage mitigation. And it's something we haven't seen a lot of in second edition, but I think those, if you want to load up your B-wings, they, they're really, they're kind of, you want to protect them. So a gold squadron veteran with selfless is 35 points. If you put an ion cannon turret, it's only 40 points. Um, so there would be room to foot it with two double tapping B-wings and then another fourth ship. So are you putting the the S foils on the the B wings then? So right now, I mean, I would put the S foils on Tednum every time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He's like stapled, and I think if you're putting S foil, if you're putting cannons, they just get so expensive. Um, I think I would want a way to protect the B wings a bit more, like uh, like at least someone else with maybe Gina with selfless, a blade with selfless. I don't know if I'd go all in to have like a Van Verlaine and and a selfless carrier, but I could see um, if you could put Arvel, if you put Tenum, Braylon, Arvel, and say Gina with selfless, then she protect Gina protects Braylon and Tenum and Arvel. If Arvel intimidates you, and then the B wings both get to double tap on you, then that's. Uh, that's a lot of damage. I was playing one of our locals, uh, John Kishpaw, and he had, he basically one round it, his Braylon and Tendum basically melted my Han Solo Falcon in a round of like double tapping shots when he got trapped in the center of an asteroid field. What about, I? you're talking about like damage mitigation, but like, I mean, we really haven't seen much of Nora in the Y-Wing. Uh, do you think that's could be something? I mean, like, granted, it might be a little bit hard for her to get range one of something, but when she does get range one of something, it might be like she's an I-5 um, that could be bombing things, and it's going to be hard to kill her. Uh, do you think that might be something that would pop up? Yeah, so Nora was popular at the very beginning of first edition in Rebel Lists. Um, so I could see you bring Nora and a veteran. And I've seen builds where, you know, in Europe they would bring what Nora with Afterburners and Her- along with Hera and Wedge. Uh, and they would just get into people's faces and melt them down. Um, I think, uh, yeah, like Nora with an Ion Cannon turret is 46 points. And then when she gets into, you could build her out to be less than 50 points. Um, so I think she'd be, uh, she'd be reasonable. I, I'm not sure. No, I just feel like the tough thing, then she's competing in the same sort of price point area as like, um, Tenum and Braylon, and she doesn't pack as much of a punch. So I would still lean more towards the B-Wings. She's the place you could put Selfless on her because people are not going to shoot her as much. Uh, and then you could use her to shield or protect, like more offensive, less more fragile pieces. Um, yeah, so like I was looking at that, and I, right off the bat, I kind of threw Nora... 
what we got? We got Nora with R4 Astromech, um, Proton Bombs, uh, No Gunner. What do we got here? Ion Cannon. Ion Cannon. Turret, yeah. Yeah, Proton Bombs. Um, and that's at 53 points. If you throw Selfless on her, she's at 56. Um, it's interesting because, like, with the R4 Astromech and the Proton Bombs, like, if you have a certain scenario, you can get just kind of, like, circle things and drop bombs. Like, I, I don't think that's completely crazy in this limited uh, format. Yeah, I mean, I think just 56 feels a little pricey, especially when you compare her to, say, Broadside. I know it's hard to compare across factions, uh, but to, if you compare her to Broadside in the um, Republic, sure, which gives you, like, a super accurate ion cannon turret for, um, like, low 40s. Uh, but you're right, her ability is a lot, is really good. Uh, it requires you to get her into your opponent's face, and the Y-Wing moves a little slow, that being said, you know, if she's paired with other ships, usually people are going to shoot. Even at range, they're going to choose to shoot. I mean, they're going to shoot Braylon if he's there. They're going to shoot Tenum if he's there, you know, over Nora. And then once she gets in, then maybe she could cause a lot of trouble. That's uh, that's valid. But so I thought you couldn't play Rebels unless you brought Leia. I think Leia... I, so... She's dead, right? <laughs> So I think Leia crew is still really is still good, but I don't see her making much of an appearance in hyperspace. Yeah, I mean the cheapest carrier is seventy eight points, I think. Yeah, and like, so you could put her on. Actually, you could put her on Chewbacca, and that'd be sort of the one time I could sort of see bringing Chewbacca in the Falcon. So how much? He's seventy one. So you yeah. So you put um, Leia, and then you'd be seventy eight points. Um. But the thing is, Leia is exponential. She gets much better the more ships you bring. And when you're bringing a Falcon, you're probably bringing a three ship, three or maybe two ship list, probably three. And the Falcon itself is rarely going to do red moves. So then the question is, and while her ability is fine for the... for for X-Wings and Y-Wings, it's really great for the... It's best for the B-Wing. So you could, I guess you could have Leia and then two B-Wings, but I feel like um, the U-Wing was sort of the perfect spot for her. And yeah, or the Sheath of Pete or something. Yeah. Like, cheap. And it lets you, br- like, pack her into, like, a list. And, like, both the U-Wing and the Sheath of Pete benefit also from being able to stop or back up and make it white. And whereas I think she's much less useful in the Falcon. Also, in a Falcon list, like, Leia... It's great when it's re- it's good for like U wings and like a closer formation, and it's less useful when your ships are a little spread out. I think, but I mean, you don't need her as badly. Like if you're flying in a block, you need her much more. But if you're fanned out a bit, you don't need her as much. I think. So I don't think you're we're really going to see Leia so much. You know, I totally agree. Um, do you yeah. have a favorite Falcon uh, pilot or build? So I really I like Lando a lot. I mean, I think. They've done a great job pricing the Falcon pilots where you can look at Lando, Leia, and Han and all and think, you know, they're all sort of decent buys and you could come up with reasons to fly any of them. So I think if you're doing a three ship rebel build, basically, like, so you have to make the decision are you bringing a Falcon or are you flying all small ships? 
Um, in Flying a Falcon, I think that um, now my favorite is Lando uh, with Yen Nam because his action economy is really good and he supports himself. And then he can throw that um, basically an I-5 coordinate to a friendly ship. Um, and I think there's lots of great ships you can fly with Lando, like Luke or Jake or Braylon. Or, so you can fit in two or three. Um, uh, you can fit in a couple of name ships and you can actually fit in. Um, so I think Han is also good. And with Han, you can actually fit Han and Lando and Jake all in the same list. Um, and it, Han, and that comes, if you have Lando on, if you have um, Yen Nam on Lando, it comes to exactly 200 points. So it feels like it could be good. Uh, and I've been experimenting with it some. Um, so what do you think about K2SO? I th- like, we know he's good, but is he worth it? Because you have to take a Falcon to make it you know, work. So I think K2SO is a really good crew. And I think I said this on a previous episode that he would be really great support. Like there are some ships that could really benefit from having K2SO around. So I think if Wedge was hyperspace legal, K2SO would be really great to toss and calculate to Wedge. Um, I think that a lot of the named small rebel ships you're bringing don't need him quite as much, you know? So like Luke, Jake, Tenum, Braylon, that extra calculate is nice, but it's not as important as it would be for someone like Wedge. Um, I think, like, in another faction, like, if you had the equivalent of K2SO in Imperial or First Order or Republic to support a fragile ace that's rolling a lot of green dice, I think that would be really powerful. Uh, I think K2SO's biggest thing may be you put them on a Falcon and it lets it sort of generate action economy on itself. And then occasionally it can also toss a, or sometimes it could toss a, uh, toss a uh, calculate to a friend. So on Lando, it gets sort of expensive, but uh, Lando with Nyanam and K2SO, you generate a lot of great action economy and it sort of frees up Lando's like Lando can he could take the calculate and stress, do an action, and then he could do his blue, and he can give his blue move action to a friend. And that friend could do something like target lock or something like that, or barrel roll. You were doing uh, some pretty cool things with Lando and Jake, where it was kind of like um, uh, you were moving last with Lando and then passing the focus to Jake or fo- taking the action with Jake and then he was doing his double reposition that he needed. Um, so it essentially kind of made Jake like an I five, especially if you have that bid. Yeah. So like Jake is, I mean, he is uh, the best rebel a wing and he's really good at supporting people. And then people forget that like, like, yeah, so you could pass him that focus and then he, and then he can just, uh, then he can boost off of that. And then by boosting, he can give a focus to someone else if they're within range uh, and Lando's ability to like grant repositioning to his friends is really good. Like you can, in flying him with other Falcons, you can you can court like give a boost to the other Falcon, having and then you've already and then it's a red, maybe a red boost, and then the Falcon can then do a blue move on its dial uh, to clear that stress right away, and it can put you in sort of unexpected places. Cool. Yeah. yeah. The- like like I said, I think there's definitely some cool interactions with that um, combo yeah. right there. So I think the Falcon will be good. Um, I think Han can be good. Leia, 
I don't know. I feel like Lando and Han are so good. I think you'll see less Leia. Um, you can fit two Falcons. Um, so I think there's a lot to be explored there. Uh, and then instead, like when I mentioned um, Lando, Jake, and Han, you could, it's a kind of list where you could squeeze in a Luke with, pro, like an old school Luke with proton torpedoes and R2 and regen if you wanted to, because it comes out to about the same points as a Falcon. I think we lost uh, Andrew. Uh, um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'm not sure if I have any, I feel like I've talked a lot. I'm not sure if I have any. So I think you could do five generics, you could do four named. You could do a Falcon and two small bases, or you could fit two Falcons and Jake. So that's just what I'm, those are my thoughts right now on Rebels. Luke seems like he's just great for this format, right? Because yeah. he's like his own force multiplier with those, you know, infinite force tokens. I do like him a lot. Yeah. Um, and if the question is like, do you bring 62 point Luke or do you try to load him up? But like, if you put proton torpedoes, then you feel like you had to put regen and he gets a little expensive. Um, and then, oh, you know, I just realized last week I had gotten Vince Morgato's list at um, LVO wrong. It was two E-Wings and Luke, but I got the loadouts wrong. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's I, I said it wrong last week. What do you think the best Rebel list is going to end up being? In hyperspace? Yeah, um, yeah give me a bold prediction. You know, I think so. Like Luke, Tenum with foils, Braylon and Jake comes to exactly two hundred, and th- three of those ships can like get full double modded shots all on their own. And you think of Rebels as usually helping each other, but all three of those ships sort of operate independently. And then you throw in Jake, uh, so I think that I think it is good punching power. It can take off. Like you have those three double modded shots, you can kill like some generics before they get to shoot. Um, they're independent; they don't have to fly right next to each other. You can have Luke and Jake flanking. You can have the B wings together in the middle. So I think that might be that or some sort of Falcon shenanigans. But uh... and that that Jake one, I mean, Jake is so helpful on those B wings in case they get blocked. Right, where he can just give them their focus and they can fail their barrel roll and get that important stress. Yeah, or yeah, that has really good synergy. Yeah, if they get blocked, then he can they can barrel roll off the block and then be able to still shoot whoever had blocked them. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of good Jake is just it's tricky sort of getting him in close sometimes. It's like I wish his range was a little bit bigger than zero to one. Um and then one of the tricky things, it's like if your friends are stressed, Jake can't give them focus actions if they're already stressed. So you have to time time it and think about it during planning phase. So the correct answer is to always bring Jake in hyperspace. I think he's great. I mean, the only reason, like, um, you could bring Arvel instead. Like, he fits, Arvel with Intimidate is 37 points. Uh, so it doesn't fit in the Luke 10 num Braylon list. It doesn't fit by one point. But you can imagine if Arvel lands that block and then you can fire three double modded shots into like a into whoever. You know, that'd do a lot of damage if you if you're intimidating them and dropping their agility by one. Cool. I gotta say I like the Jake one more. Yeah. But it, that that is, you know, a good point about how it's kind of still a force multiplier. 
yeah and it's it's hard it's much harder to pull off you know um you know i haven't had a lot i haven't flown a lot of arval but um but it didn't occur to me really that intimidation really is a force multiplier in the same is similar to how just a different sort uh, as compared to like how runner or sinker or drea all right so do we have any other things on rebel hyperspace that we want to talk about I think no. Jonathan did a great job there. Yeah, you yeah. put it on the head. Yeah, I think we talked about K2SO. We talked about Leia. We talked about Selfless. Um, I, yeah, I think that's about it. All right. Do you guys have any shout-outs for the week this episode? Any Anyone? Nothing for me. Um, I guess, uh, well, I'd like to congratulate our friends at the Midwest Scrubcast for beating for winning the Missouri Clarion and beating uh, those people from Kansas City. So I guess Kansas City, they won the Super Bowl, but they lost the uh, Missouri Clarion. So they didn't represent the great state of Kansas well? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. um, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you are a fan of the show, check us out on Facebook and check us out on Patreon. Patreon update. I'm going to be sending out some tokens like this week. Don't worry. I got to print the rest out. And the new alt arts and the K2SO crew cards. I know we had the uh, pilot cards done, but the crew cards will be coming uh, fairly soon where they're working, finishing up on the print. Um, Mark over at Hangar 19 is working on it. Um, No pressure, Mark. But I'm looking forward to the next card that we have coming. Um, I think everyone's going to be pretty shocked with it. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Again, like I said, check us out on Facebook and check us out on Patreon. On that note, I want to thank you again uh, for listening and have a great night.